so much. Love you so much and feel at home here. I remember when we uh, were building our place, we've been through it all uh, since 19... When was it? 75 when we started with 14 people and our four children and a budgie. And uh, we were living in a caravan and uh, when it got wet, it got wet, but we had people home for lunch every Sunday, even in our caravan. We built the church on love and faith and hospitality. And uh, I remember those years. And then when we got to our property with our 30 acres, and we managed by God's grace to get the first building up that we put up ourselves like you have, uh, you had to have a four-wheel drive to belong because the road was horrendous, man. You couldn't get in there on wet days. It was horrendous. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of water around the place. I hear you had a pump going either this morning here. I think that's fantastic. I think it's great because there's a sign of development. So there you go, guys. I don't know what the Lord is doing, but last Sunday, Kathy and I were in the National Director of uh, Christian City Church in Bridgman Downs in, in Brisbane. Kathy and I were there morning and night, preached there last Sunday night. And they were between the 209 and the 2010 year of their rise and build last week. There was just a window of moment as they were between the two years, finishing 09 and getting ready this week to start the... 2010 year and Kathy and I happened to be there and the Lord gave me a word and spoke into their lives and it was a great night. The Sunday before that I was in Durban, South Africa uh, preaching at a church at a last minute invitation by a friend of ours in Christian City Church in Perth and he rang, he rang me at the hotel and he said, Adrian I want you to preach at my father in the faith's church. I said, your father in the faith? He said, yes. He said, this is my father in the faith, and he has a 4,000-member church. I want you to preach there on Sunday night. So last-minute call-up I got and uh, got myself ready. And, uh, you know, you don't know how to dress, do you? In Christian City Church, you undress uh, in the fact that you wear jeans and, you know, classy shoes and coat and whatever you want to wear. And, you know, this beautiful coat was made by a Nigerian tailor in the middle of the preaching. I was preaching in Nigeria. He went out in the middle of the service and made me this coat. So I wear it everywhere now. I feel it's a pretty famous coat made by a Nigerian. So here we were last Sunday night. Kathy wasn't with me, but I was there in, in Durban two Sunday nights ago and arrived to preach. At this church, they were just finishing their building program, and they had built their brand new building, cash, no borrowed money, two and a half thousand seat auditorium, and, they, and an auditorium underneath the big one that seated 1,500, so two auditoriums, and I'm preaching in their Sunday night, and uh, it's the night of the celebration, if you like, of generosity and sacrifice and people going further than they ever planned to go before. And in the middle of this service, one of the young women on the front row who was a businesswoman, obviously really well-dressed, classy dresser, and you can see that she was in business. She said in the middle of the service, she said to the pastor, Pastor, I have a check to help us pay off the building tonight. And I thought, my goodness, what's going on? The pastor just announced this morning... In the morning service, five million rand, five million rand had just come in in the morning service. That was above their tithes and offerings. He said that was just the building offering, five million. Well, that's about one million Australian dollars had come in in the morning service. Pretty amazing days we're living in church, aren't they? And we need to be inspired, don't we, with this? Is this okay? We need to be inspired. And so this young woman young businesswoman, she says, Pastor, before we go any further, before the preaching, can I bring this check? Well, no pastor's going to say no at that moment, is he? Not if he's in his right mind. If he's lost his way and he's got all religious, he's going to get, oh, no, please, you know, put it in the little box at the back as you go out the door. But we're not religious, not in Christian City Church. We're people of the Spirit, but we're people who are practical and sensible and wise as well. And she says, I have decided tonight... To give out of my savings, not out of some faith pledge deal or later in the year, but tonight out of my savings, I want to give one, no, it was 200,000 Australian dollars. 
It was 200,000 Australian dollars. So whatever that was in Rand, what was that? Six, six, 1.2 million Rand. Because oh, my mind's going, like this, I'm going, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Why am I here tonight to savour this and see this? 1.2 million. She said 200,000 out of my savings into the house of God. And the place went wild. Everybody began to get up and the worship team, they were a magnificent band. The team went wild. The pastor began to dance all over the stage. And, uh, and he was, he's quite a portly man. And, and when he was dancing, his tummy was sort of dancing too. It was an awesome sight. If only you had it on camera. It was amazing. And his daughter was the key worship leader. And she led this high praise and worship to the Lord that we are breaking through to conquer a city and to conquer in the name of Jesus and win thousands of people to Christ. And uh, we, you know, I just was privileged to be there in the middle of that. So I thought, how can you preach in this? How can you preach? So I said to the guys, we can't preach yet. We need to savor the moment. This is a moment in time that'll never come again. Uh, not in my lifetime. I won't ever be here on this night when you're paying off your building in one night, you know, and you bank, you, you just, the whole debt is dealt with and you're going forward cash free. I won't ever be here again for that night to happen. So let's worship the Lord with all our hearts. So we began to worship and worship. And then I did one point of my five point sermon. One point. The place was just incredible. Uh, I gave a call at the end of the service for those who wanted to be millionaires in the house of God because of our God, our passion for the lost, and our passion for the house that we're building. Because I said this, we're not building just a building. We're not building just a house. We're not just building a home. We're actually building an altar for the living God. Amen. Are you with me? We're building a place where souls can connect with heaven and where lives can be changed for eternity. And it was an extraordinary moment in the presence of God. And I said to the church, I think there's going to be an outpouring of millionaires in this church. So I gave a call. But you know, the whole church got up and came to the altar. The whole church, I mean, from the youngest to the eldest, just got up and stood on the altar. And I thought, oh my God, what are we going to do now? We're in more trouble now. We're in trouble before the offering. Now we're in trouble after the offering. Now we couldn't preach. Now we preached and we're still in trouble. Now, God, how are you going to help us? And just this great presence of God fell on us. And he said, the pastor said, Pastor Adrian, you better come back and preach again because you've got four other points to your sermon. You've only done one. I want you to come back. And so I'm going back in October this year to preach again at a supernatural conference in Joburg and they're going to preach in his church and the Lord is doing something across the earth in the in the in the churches that have a sense of three things I want you if you're writing any notes this morning and I, I always write notes myself I'm a note writer from way back I've been writing notes as long as I've been a believer 40 40 plus years now, 46 years I've been a believer, writing notes because I, I don't remember everything God says, do you? But I want to remember so that I can apply it somehow and put it into my circumstance and situation. And I felt the Lord say this morning to this house right here that there would be three particular words that would be important to you and it would be this, that you would be wise, number one, that you would be wise, and secondly, that you would be anointed, number two. So wise, anointed, and third, that you would be prosperous. And I believe this morning that the Lord has connected us, yes, by the times of the past, where we were, uh, as, as Pastor Phil said, hosting this outpouring of the Spirit in our church, and we were opposed because of that by many people. But God wasn't opposing us. He, he was helping us to maintain spiritual strength and energy so that we would have much to give away in the days to come. And as we travel the world, Kathy and I have traveled into 40 nations, preached all over the world, and we'll continue to do that uh, right up until our dying breath. There is no such thing as retirement. Retirement is of the devil, Pastor Frank Houston used to say, and I believe him. In fact, he used to say, let's come to our funeral and kick the lid off the box and upset the whole funeral and upset everybody because there's so much life in us. 
And there's truth in that. And, and God poured his spirit out on us in the 90s in our church and connected us. But we're more connected now because we're in the same movement. Uh, Christian City Church, C3 Church movement is a movement of churches that's influencing the entire world. And we want a thousand churches by 2020. Are you with me? And so the Lord wants me to help with 80 of those in Southern Africa, 45 million people. We've got six at the moment, but I'll be preaching in Africa. But also in October, pray for us, I'll be preaching in Cairo, where a new Christian city church is going to start in the heart of 7 million Muslim people. C3 Church. Bring it on. Bring it on. Somebody say, bring it on. Come on. I tell you, when we, you see, when we get uh, wise, anointed, and prosperous, we're not going to waste it on ourselves. This is not for us. This is too much for us. We are so abundantly blessed. We've been saved, filled with the Spirit, set on fire for God. And our journey now is not for us. Our journey is to influence the cities of the world, the major cities of the world, and impact them. And you guys are part of that. You are not on a fringe up here. You are actually central to what God is doing in this movement. Amen. And people are excited about you. We're excited about you. Uh, if I only preach one of the five points today, it'll be enough. But that will be an invitation to come back and preach the others. You know, it'll be a personal invitation of mine to come back because we're connected to do something together. And if we're together, we can make a big impact because together, no matter what the opposition is, it's not going to be strong enough to overcome us. Are you with me? You see, we're going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might when we're together. And we're linked in this spiritual realm to do great things for God. Kathy leaves next week or the week after to go to Mozambique. Uh, she gets back for four days, goes straight to China. She comes back from China, she's home for seven or eight days, and we go straight to Vietnam, where we've been supporting a guy that's uh, really been winning souls to Christ for the last 20 years, everywhere he goes. We've been in restaurants with him, and wherever he goes, he'll lead a family to Christ right there in the restaurant. And then he gives them the discipleship follow-up program almost immediately and connects them into one of his churches. He's an amazing guy, Phil. And uh, at Easter this year, they had 17,000 people at their Easter meetings and 1,700 people came to Christ. This is a communist country. I'm telling you, God's invading the cities of the world through people like you and I who dare to believe that our time has come. Amen. The enemy's plans, forget it. Our time has come to be wise, anointed, and prosperous. Are you with me this morning? I'm telling you, it's awesome. So we go to Vietnam. Uh, my son, Andrew, who's taken over the church, who's 34, he's our youngest. Our eldest is, is 39, and we're 38. We're actually, Kathy and I are actually 63, and I want to tell you there are no limits to your age in Christ. You, you need to believe today that regardless of your natural age, you have the potential to rise very strong and become very influential in your lifetime if you just put your hand to the plow. Just get involved and say, what can I do, Pastor? Get me involved with this great work of building in the kingdom of God. Amen. So regardless of your age today, you are a candidate to be involved in the kingdom of God being built on the planet. Andrew just preached for Pastor Kong Hee. He has 30,000 people in his church. And he has uh, 44 churches. And he has 10 Bible colleges. And 2 million people in mainland China call his church, City Harvest Church, their home church. 2 million people. Do you know why? Because they've gone over there and built orphanages and schools and paid for problems and helped them with the earthquakes and the outpouring of poverty and whatever. And they've sowed so that they could reap. Now 2 million people call their church home. We're in a great time in history, church. And we're part of this together. So I want to encourage you to be wise, anointed, and very prosperous. Come on, it's our time in history. When I was in uh, Joburg preaching at a conference, a business forum, I sat next to a brother who had just bought a coal mine. He had just bought a coal mine. 
$325 million. He said, I just bought this coal mine. He said, I'm employing 3,000 people. And the Lord has called me to be part of this church where he is, which is a new C3 church in Joburg. Pastor Calvin, uh, Phillips and Sharon. He said, the Lord has called me here to be part of this. And he said, I know that I'm going to be very prosperous because of where God has strategically put me. And so I believe this, God knows how to place us in the body, in the right place, in the church, so that we could be wise, anointed, and very prosperous. Amen. So that whatever we put our hand to, someone, it prospers. It prospers. If it's children, it'll prosper. If it's youth, it'll... How good was the youth ad this morning? I wanted to go. I, I, I wanted to dress up or dress down, however you do it. Put put a scarf around my neck and look like a, uh, a, a terrorist or something like that and attend the youth of this great C3 Tuggera. I'm telling you, this is a great church. You guys have not only got a great building, great children's ministry, great youth, great worship team, great pastors. You guys have got it. Amen. And, and God wants you to think well of yourself. And look at how good you are in God. Amen. Don't look down and go, oh, well, we've only got so much. You're the envy of hundreds of churches around the world who are living in little buildings and they're renting them for most of their life. You're the envy. I know you don't believe that, but look at the person next to you and just tell them you're the envy. You're the envy of them. Awesome. So let's get to the Bible. Shall we get to that? Proverbs chapter 8. Let's go there. So I want to talk to you about these three things, wise, anointed, and prosperous. What am I talking about? And if you can, go with me to believe that you in your lifetime will become very prosperous. This is the way of the Lord. Amen. Let's look at Proverbs 8, and let's read the scriptures out loud together this morning. Proverbs 8, and we're going to read from verse 12 to verse 21. I don't have anywhere to go until next week, so the sermon could be an everlasting sermon. Who's with me this morning? Who's, stay with me. We're not going to be too long. But be aware that God will speak to you this morning through this message. Proverbs 8, verse 12 to verse 21. Kathy, come and read this for us from my version. And then there'll be a difference of voice. It won't be my droning voice all morning. It's marked out in my scriptures. And you're all going to read it out loud. So Kathy's going to read it with you. I know when he says that, people go, how are we going to do that? Well, it's really quite simple. You read, unless they put it up there, but you read out of your version, I'll read out of mine, and it'll sound like a cacophony of sound, a, a big jumble. But the idea is you read loud, and you can put the person off who's next to you, and you keep going, and they think, how do they do that? But it's really, really exciting. We do that at Mount Hannon all the time. We have the whole church read out loud. And there's a powerful atmosphere that comes when you read the word together. All right? So don't give up simply because someone's saying different words to you. Doesn't matter. Okay? Who's with me? All right. Okay. So reading from verse 12. Are we ready to go? I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles. Don't give up now. Keep going. All the judges of the earth. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. You're giving up. Come on, keep going. All right. that I may fill their treasuries. It's, <laughs> even I gave up. I couldn't find where you were. But isn't that good yeah. to read together? It's awesome as a challenge. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, there's no question about it. If you can hear what the Lord is saying this morning, that the wise 
are the ones who have strength and the ones who reign in life like a king. And the princes rule and the nobles rule and all the judges of the earth rule. How do they do it? By wisdom. God is the master craftsman of wisdom. And if our hearts are open to him, he'll download that wisdom into us. And instead of us just applying natural, circumstantial knowledge and understanding wisdom, we'll actually take supernatural understanding from God, the creator of the universe, and we'll begin to apply it in our daily lives in the manner that he wants us to, so that we begin to rule as kings and princes and nobles and judges. Because listen to me, nobody has given the world into the hands of the devil. It belongs to the church. Are you with me? The world literally is ours. And we have been called by God to rule it. Amen. And so if we do that, he says, linked to that, to that understanding, he says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. You see, the impartation that God wants to give us is wisdom so that we will be sensible, practical, and so wise that what we touch actually produces a good result in the kingdom of God. And then he says that I may cause those who love me to inherit, inherit wealth. This is supernatural, God-ordained provision for you and your family so that we can stand out from the crowd and that we, we may have our treasuries, which is ours and the kingdoms, full of the resources we need to do the work that needs to be done. We've got churches to build. We've got land to buy. We've got souls to win. We've got mis- missions to do. We've got responsibilities around the world. Uh, Kathy put on a little DVD for me last night that blew me away. I don't know whether you've seen it. It's called God Grew Tired of Us. It's about 50,000 orphan boys, the oldest who was 11, being abandoned because their parents had been shot by government Muslim leaders. And these boys, 50,000, traveled through the Sahara Desert over a 1,000 miles to find some place of safety and refuge. And then when they got there to Ethiopia, they were driven out by troops on that side and had to travel back through uh, the southern Sudan desert into the country below them, which was Kenya, into Kenya. And over 20,000 of them died of malnutrition. There were 50,000 plus, And about 27,000, I think, arrived. Kathy's saying, I've got the facts wrong. Ignore her. I'm always right. <laughs> I'm always right. The preacher's always right. And, and so they arrived in this place. And some of these boys were taken to America to live. They were called the Lost Boys of Sudan. Some of these boys got to America... And had to be shown how to use a toilet, how to switch a light on, how, how, to, how to take the food out of the fridge, how to put the food in the fridge, etc. All the basics, they knew nothing. This is the toilet seat, you lift it up and you sit down here. And then when you're finished, you have to clean up your act, you know, and so on. And so they had to show them all the basics of life. These boys worked so hard in America that they sent back some of their funds to all their abandoned mates in the village where they were with very little money. And one or two of them had a leadership gift on their life. And they said, this is too much for us. We are so abundantly blessed now. And they worked three jobs, slept five hours a night only, worked three jobs to make enough money to go back and to build a school and a medical place and an educational facility there among all these abandoned boys who'd come from the Sudan War. What an incredible journey you and I are on too in the Lord, that we're not called just to sit on our 
Are we? We're called to rise up and go forward in life and be responsible as kings, princes, nobles and judges and see our generation impacted with the wisdom of God, with the, with the anointing of God on our lives and with the prosperity of God that we have because we are an abundant people. Amen. Clap your hands, all you people. Amen. Wow, I tell you. She wrecked my life with that last night, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And the guy says, this is what the guy's, the title of the movie is from the statement of this leader this, who was 11 years of age at the time. He says, I thought God grew tired of us. That's why we were having so much poverty and pain that God just wanted us all to die. God grew tired of us. How many of you know God's not tired of people? He wants to save the world. Are you with me this morning? I want you to look at one other passage of Scripture where we're talking about this wisdom deal. Uh, Matthew 25 in the New Testament. I've got a lot of Scriptures, but Pastor Phil, I'll come back if you'll allow me. Um, I'm not imposing myself on you, but (laughs) I would love to come back because we are connected. Uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. And just quickly... Uh, I'll read where I need to read for you. Okay, Matthew 25. In your notes, if you're taking notes, mark down verse 1 to verse 7. And here it says in verse 2, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Five wise took oil in their vessels. So here's the wisdom and the anointing working together. Five were wise and five took oil so that their lamps were burnt and five took no oil with them and the wise took oil in their lamps and while the bridegroom delayed they all slumbered and slept and at midnight at the darkest hour of the generation we live in there is a call going out for us for fulfillment for us to actually be what we said we were not just talk about it not just preach about it, not just give information about it. The call of the Spirit is that in our time, we will actually be the church. Are you with me? And so what he's saying here is, the call went out, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. And those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. I want to say to you right now, there are some churches that are closing their doors and some need to. But there are others like ours and like yours who have struggled through so much opposition and the opposition has not been a sign of out of the will of God. The opposition has been a sign of the will of God that we've been opposed because we've got so much to give our generation and the enemy wanted to kill it. And the enemy wanted to tear it down. No matter how he could, he wanted to destroy the good work that God was doing. But God was faithful. And I love this passage of scripture here because I want you to get this. This group of people, these five wise women, which is the mark of the church, five wise churches, we could say, in this situation, were full of the spirit, but they were full of the fresh oil of God. But thirdly, they were full of sensible, practical wisdom because five of them had enough light to see the bridegroom when he came and went to the marriage bed and that speaks about fulfillment rather than frustration. So here is the deal, church. These guys who were wise and anointed actually became prosperous because they married a husband who cared about them and who was ready to take them on in their journey to be a fulfilled person in life. And here when I saw this, I began to realize that that what the Lord is saying to us, that there will be those who will go home frustrated at the end of their journey. Not able to get to the place of their destiny and their calling where their anointing could dwell and be effective. And and the key, I believe, here to being wise, anointed, and prosperous is wisdom is the key ingredient to arriving at the place of your anointing. Wisdom is the key ingredient to arriving at the place of your anointing. Because he was anointing us through the 90s, anointing us into the 2000s. Now what we've been given, we've been carrying this oil. We've been carrying this fresh anointing. We've been carrying this fresh calling. 
When Kathy and I went up into Thailand with this fresh calling in a conference in a camp where a woman told the preacher in the middle of a sermon that I couldn't speak in tongues and I couldn't have altar calls. The Holy Spirit with this fresh oil spoke to me and he said, I want you to call the deaf and dumb now. And I thought, why would you do that? She just said, I can't have altar calls and she told the pastor and I could hear her saying it. And she had a spirit of control or religion or something else that wasn't from God on her. And, and the Lord said, call the deaf and dumb. So we called the deaf and dumb. And there were 14 of them in the meeting. 14 deaf and dumb. And I thought, Lord, what are you going to do with them now? And, and so I laid hands on the first one. As I laid hands on the first one, boom, instantly, his ears popped open. His tongue was loosed instantly. That demonic power that was controlling him, controlling his speech and his ears so he couldn't hear and speak instantly. And guess what? The first thing he did was burst forth in other tongues filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. So there was God saying, you said it couldn't happen. You said it couldn't, shouldn't, what wouldn't happen here. God says, watch this wisdom, wise, sensible, practical ministry will bring the anointing down into a situation and it'll bring a result that brings fulfillment. Amen. Awesome. So I'm as shocked as anybody else. I'm going, oh my God, this is good fun. How good is this? Because this guy's burst forth in other tongues. And I go, this is great. Go for it, bro. She said, you couldn't do it, but go louder, go louder. I lay hands on the second one. Kathy's with me. We're doing it. Another brother was with us. We laid hands and 14 of them all spoke with other tongues. My God. My God. Wise, anointed, and prosperous. We couldn't have gone there if we weren't prosperous. We couldn't have flown. It cost money to fly around the world. We couldn't have gone. Who would look after the home church? Who's going to pay the staff at home without the finance? Who's going to, who's going to be the wise anointed servants of the Lord? We've got to work together as a team. And the more we work together in unity in a team, the less the opposition will stop the work of the kingdom on the face of the planet. Come on, we've got to be so committed to this happening in our generation. And I'm telling you right here that sensible, practical wisdom can come to you from the Lord. Now, let me just uh, stop, put a pause button on for a moment. And just say this. The devil will try to sell you a deal that it's more holy to be poor. You're going to be a lot more spiritual if you're poor. The devil will tell you that. Because he doesn't want you to be wise. He doesn't want you to be anointed. And he doesn't want you to be prosperous. Because if you're prosperous, you'll do like C3 is doing around the world. Pastor Phil now is moving into this zone where there will be stadium ministry and the conferences in all the nations of the world. Because we're after the souls of the cities of the world. We're after the big thing, man. We're after the, the big catch. Who's with me? You see, how many of you have been fishing once or twice? Uh, and you come home a little bit frustrated because all you caught was probably caught your own leg or your own backside with a hook. You know, you tried to, th- and, and yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, Pastor Phil's doing one in Sydney in September this year. Uh, we've already booked a 4,000 seat auditorium. And you can't do that unless you're wise and anointed and you've got resources and prosperity to do it. You can't do it. And, and, you know, you say, well, what's that got to do with us up here in Tuggera? We're a long way. What? You're not a long way at all. When revival broke out in Toronto, I traveled 25 hours to get there when God was moving with his power. And I don't care how far it is. I've been to Pensacola. We've traveled the whole earth. When God begins to break out and souls are getting saved and people are coming to Christ and my story is coming out every single second, don't you want to be there to be part of it? Don't you want to see what God is doing in that? I do. You say, well, what would happen if I just went? Well, you might get fired up and then next time when it's on, take a whole group of other people that are not yet converted and get them saved. And then you bring them back on Sunday. Pastor Phil prays for them. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. They get on fire for God. They tell their friends who tell their friends who tell their friends. 
Because I can tell you this, make a note of this. Remember the story in the Old Testament where the widow's oil is being poured out? Who remembers the story, the widow's oil? Can I tell you, I got a whole message while I was away in Africa on that that speaks about the oil of the anointing only stops. The miracle of the anointing only stops when there are no empty vessels in the house. So what is that saying? We've got to bring the empty vessels. We've got to bring the hungry people. We've got to bring the young men and the young women and the adults and the, and the seniors and the children. Bring them into the house of God because while there's an empty vessel, the oil will flow and it'll fill their lives and they'll be saved and set on fire for God. Just like it happened to you. It'll happen to them. The miracle only stops when we stop inviting. We've got to be inviting people to this great church. Wow. I wish I was living in Tugra, man. I used to drive down this road 30 years ago, going to revival meetings up at Valor Park. I used to go way north all the time. So I drove down this road 30 years ago, never knowing that one day Pastor Phil and Julie would be here and that they would fight through all the opposition and all the challenges and all the, all the dimensions of the burden of the work of the ministry and carry it forward until... Their light began to shine real bright because the oil will give you a brightness and an attractiveness and people want to be with you because there's a wise, powerful anointing on your life and on your church. Who's with me this morning? So I've given you two passages of scripture, haven't I? Don't let the devil undersell you. Tap your neighbor, tap them and say, come on, don't let the devil do it. Don't let the devil undersell you, man. Come on, you're, you're more than that. You're much more than that. You're, there's more things in you than that. You have greater potential than that. You have a tremendous future. One of the ladies in our church is in her 70s. Her husband died. And uh, she had the inheritance to spend, I guess, and the time to do it. And she said the Lord gave her a word. He said to her, I want you to spend and be spent for me. And do you know the first thing she did? She put $20,000 into the care arm of our church. And she said, find a program to spend this money on. $20,000. She's gone on trips all over the world to help. She's been with Kathy to Mozambique, where we go down and help with 500 orphans, some of them being resettled. We're building some houses down there too. It costs you about $3,000 to build a house near the tip. Some of you say... Why, why, you know, we live on the coast. Why would you live near the tip? I want to tell you, you'd be glad to live anywhere if you lived in a hole in the ground with a piece of plastic over the lid, wouldn't you? You'd be glad to live anywhere. And so these, these boys who are being resettled in the community, many of them are living in a little house that's just block walls, tin roof, con- no power, no water, about 3000 bucks, and they feel like multi-millionaires. Oh, man. Kathy and I were there at the orphanage one year and this old grandfather walks in a really old man he walks in he's got a little baby in his arms and he gives the baby to this Australian couple who were high school teachers in Canberra moved to uh, moved to Mozambique to serve the Lord to be you know to spend their inheritance and to spend their lives for God They're, they're the most loving people you've ever met in your entire life I'd love to introduce them to you at some stage and they they're running the strategic side of the mission there and the vision there of this orphanage. And this grandfather walks in and he says, take the baby, please. Take the baby. And, and we said, well, what's the deal? And he said, I'm living a little hole, a little, little hole behind a building with a plastic bag over my head and I can't keep the baby there. Living in a little hole. Some of you think you haven't got the best house in town. But I'll bet you, your house is 10 million times better than the house of millions of others. And he says, he told us the story. He said that mum and dad are dead. They both died of AIDS. And I'm old. I'm a grandfather. What can I do? And he gave the baby to the orphanage. We prayed for him, laid hands on him, cried with him, as you do. Why wouldn't you cry? (laughs) Because, you, you know... There's so much more we can do in our generation if we really open our eyes and we're wise and anointed and we're prosperous with what's given us. But it starts by us just stepping out in the now, wherever we can, however we can. 
however we can. We, we got a guy out of jail in Uganda, didn't we, Kathy? Our last $300. Aussies travel the world on a dollar, by the way. Don't worry about Pastor Phil. He'll do it the same. He'll travel the world on a dollar. You know, we, we, we don't have to have massive amounts to do what we're doing. We went to Uganda to preach and went up to Gulu in the north. And when we got there, we realized what a devastated place it was. 75 uh, refugee places where all the families and the children are living because the, the gorillas have been coming across the border and just killing people at random for years there. And this young boy was working next door uh, to us. He was working, he's actually working in the restaurant uh, where we were having some bananas and bread with no jam because there wasn't any jam in that town and even the bananas were running out. And uh, he had tried to move a car that had been rented from out the front of the restaurant and move it next door. And because he wasn't really good at driving, he got in the car and he hit the accelerator real hard, couldn't find the brake in time, and the car went through the building next door, went in, smashed all the front of the building up. He got arrested in the middle of the night, and we were told in the middle of the night, we were told the next morning, rather, that he would probably go to jail, uh, and his case wouldn't be heard for three or five years, and he would spend a lot of his time in jail. He No way could he pay his way out of jail. So we got together with a Canadian couple who we were having some supper with at another restaurant down the road because there were no bananas left in the restaurant we were in. So we went down the road to another restaurant and we said, could we have eggs? They said, no, there are no eggs. We said, could we have uh, just jam on toast? They said, no, there's no jam and there's no toast. I said, all right, I don't know. I forget what we had now. We had something very basic and Kathy and I looked in our pockets and we had very little left and we put all we had together on the table with this Canadian couple from our pockets and we we gave it to this young man to buy him out of jail. He gave his life to Christ. He gave his life to Jesus. Another one out of the clutches of the devil. Are you with me? Another one. You see, one by one, we can win people out of the clutches of the enemy if we're wise and anointed and prosperous. How could we have done that if we hadn't used the resources we had? How did we get to the next place? I haven't got any idea. I don't know how we, because we, we went from there down to preach in a pastor's conference somewhere. There we went. We had a return ticket, thank God Almighty. It wasn't a one-way ticket. But you see, I believe this. Can I tell you this? We want to build strong churches. And to do that, we've got to build strong people. And what I want to share with you is this, is this passion thought now that not only do we need to be wise and anointed, but we need to be prosperous. And I want to say this to you this morning. A prosperous soul is a choice you make. It's a choice you make. I made a choice to be a prosperous person early in my Christian experience, much to the upset of many people around about me, much to the upset of many people even in my family. And I made a decision that I would prosper Because 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may, tell me, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I made a decision. I'm going to believe the prosperity word of God to my life and I'm going to be a prosperous person. And I began to realize that a person cannot prosper unless they have a prosperous soul. You can't prosper outside of any other way unless you prosper with God's provision on the inside of you and it works its way out to the outside of you and you become wise and anointed in your decisions and in what you do. Whether you're buying a business, whether you're buying a home, whether you're buying a car, whether you're buying some article, whatever it is, God will give you wisdom and anointing to be prosperous with that thing. And I began to realize this, not only was I as an individual needing to prosper, but the core of the church has a soul. And so the soul of the church has got to prosper so the whole church can prosper. So stick with me a moment. What is the soul of the church? What is the core of the church? It has to prosper so that the whole can prosper. And this is how it happens. The Lord raises up. The Lord raises up the pastors, the key leaders, and the business people 
of any dimension and size in every church so that the core of the church can expand and get bigger and bolder and stronger and more prosperous. And when they prosper, what happens is they duplicate it in every other life they touch so that if they touch you in conversation, you get what they've got. If I've got swine flu, guess what? You, you get what I've got. You see, you get what I've got. And so you can only replicate after your kind. You can only bring forth after your kind. So it's imperative that the pastors, Pastor Phil and Julie, prosper and their key leaders prosper, the elders and the business people prosper, so that everybody who lives in that church can become wise, anointed, and prosperous. That's how it happens. Now, my eldest daughter and and son-in-law go to Pastor Phil's church in, you guys are lucky having the name Pastor Phil because when everybody talks about Pastor Phil, they think Pastor Phil, Pastor Phil, Pastor Phil. Lucky are they, eh? Uh, You should adopt yourself into the family. You should put the surname Pringle there somewhere and go. uh, So here goes, my eldest daughter joined that church 12, 14 years ago and they are so prosperous. Now, we know we taught generosity and giving in our home. We taught how to tithe. When their first pay packet came, we said, give 10% to the Lord. Give a first fruit offering as, as well. Give the first pay packet to the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. They did that. Her testimony was, dad and mum didn't give me riches and gold, but they gave us a generous spirit at their wedding. She was married at 18 years of age, and they've been married 20 years now, and they are so jolly wealthy come on they're so wealthy now they didn't steal it from the church because they're not ministers they're business people because people say oh well if the pastor gets wealthy he must be stealing it from the offering you know he must have his hand in the bag come on please trust our character a little bit more than that certainly we're not going to go that road because we won't last a single moment and so they became rich and prosperous. Why? Because we concentrated on the core. You should do the same with your children. Concentrate on making them wealthy in prosperity in their hearts so that it can manifest in their life. And then that's true in family life, that's true in business, but it's true in church life that a church will only prosper as much as the core is prospering. So we need... We need some millionaires in this church. And wouldn't it be wonderful if one day you fell out of bed by accident because you'd slept in and you just fell out of bed and plonk, when you hit the ground, suddenly you were a millionaire. Wouldn't it be wonderful? But you see, that is lotto thinking. That's not God thinking. You see, those, those who think that way go and buy tickets all the time so they can get in the $40, $50 million payout in the hope that one day God will give them the numbers and... You know, all that kind of nonsense. You know, let me tell you right now, it doesn't happen that way. I want to give you two scriptures, Proverbs 22, 29. And then I'm just about done. I know I'm already on overtime rates. How long have you got? Proverbs 22, 29. Let's read it. Do you see a man who excels in his work? Work, work. You want to be wise, you want to be anointed, you want to be prosperous, you've got to work. It doesn't come by fantasy, it doesn't come by lotto, it comes by work. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He's got the best customer service in town. He's a Lexus businessman. If you've got a Lexus or you know someone who's got one, do you know what they've built their business on? Customer service. It's a Toyota for goodness sake. It's a Toyota, they call it a Lexus. They say it's better than And people believe it and drive it. Anybody drive a Lexus here? Have a go at it. It's just a Toyota. That's all it is. You got a Toyota? It's the same thing. Same thing. It's not a Mercedes. It's not a BMW. It's not a Porsche. It's a, it's a Toyota. And nothing wrong with Toyota, by the way. Good product. But they built their business on customer service. Why do they sell more cars than anybody else in the entire world? Customer service. They excel in their work. Do you see a man or a woman who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. Mr. Buffett will not take any notice of you. 
If you say you've got an anointing and you're prosperous, but you're broke, he's not going to listen to you. We are not going to reach cities of the world and some of the movers and shakers of the world unless we have that kind of spirit within us and the results to prove what we preach and what we believe. And so he says, he will not stand before unknown men. He will stand. Kathy's giving me 15 signals a second, and I know I'm supposed to be finished. Am I supposed to be finished now? Does anybody know? Wave your hand at me if I'm supposed to be finished. Kathy, uh, two, I see those hands. Good girl, sweet, I love you. One more scripture. Just one. Are you with me? Proverbs 21.5. Is this okay? Now, I know we can carry on a little bit more tonight. Can't we talk about this a bit more? So we can, we can conclude the message tonight. I know that. But I just want to get this portion of it done, if that's all right. Proverbs 21.5. Proverbs 21.5. Concentrate on building through work at the core of your living for a good result. 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. The plans of the diligent, this is the New King James Version. I don't know what version you've got up there. What does it say? The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Okay? We're not aiming for poverty, are we? We're not aiming there. We're aiming for prosperity, aren't we? So therefore, we've got to have a heart to work and a heart to make plans to bring about a result. Now, I want to finish on this, if this is okay. And then perhaps you could come and help me. Thank you so much. How sweet is she? How sweet is she? I mean, he's whistling, but so he should. But how sweet is she that she's here working uh, as she's carrying the future? And that's really what we all should be doing. Two Sunday mornings ago in, in Durban, a girl got up and sang the most powerful anointed song that I've ever heard in a Sunday morning service. When she came down, I walked straight across to her. Kathy wasn't there, but I didn't ask Kathy if I could do this. And I put my arm around her, and I just stood with her for about five minutes. She had just lost her father the night before. Her father had just died the night before. Sunday morning, singing the anointed presence of God in the house of God. We're carrying the future in our spirit. We're carrying the the dreams of God. We're carrying the dreams of people who don't know yet, whose hope is dashed, who are so discouraged they don't think anybody cares, anybody's interested. But we're filled with the wisdom of God. We're filled with the anointing of God. And we're prospering because we want to see them prosper. Are you with me? I preached in, in Soweto in a township on a Friday night where the witch doctors still sacrifice children. And as I preached there, the pastor had been told by the witch doctors, second, third hand, you are not going to build a church here. We're going to kill your family. We know where you live. We're coming after you. This is what they told Karen, uh, Sharon and, and Kelvin. C3 Church, C3 Church. They said, we're going to kill you. This is one of his satellites. And we preached there in, this, in the Soweto where it's probably about a million people living with tin shack or a piece of cardboard or a plastic bag as a window and they took up an offering and they said we want to take up a love offering and I went please don't I don't want to please don't take up a love offering I didn't come for that I'm too prosperous for that I don't need that and the pastor stood up and he said no pastor Adrian listen to me the only way these people are getting out of poverty is by giving their way out. And they took up an offering. Five rands, two rands, one rand if there is. Little tiny coins, so small. I thought of the widow's might that Jesus didn't refuse. I thought, why didn't he send, why didn't he send her back to the sea? Sit down, madam. You've, you've only got a widow's might? No, he didn't refuse because he knew everything in the kingdom start small but can grow if we've got the right spirit if we've got wisdom anointing and a passion to prosper it starts with our giving that's where it starts so I bought home I said to Kathy this is going in my drawer at home 
I'm never going to spend that money. I'm never going to cash it in. So poor, yet they gave. Nothing, yet they gave. I saw the little, you know, the, the feet that hadn't been bathed for months. You could see it, man. It's all over that money. This is how it starts. We've been able to give hundreds of thousands of dollars because we've made a decision to prosper. This year we're not the senior ministers anymore, but we're putting 15,000 into the rise and build in our church. And we only owe seven. We've already pushed at it and we've only been, we only started in March, Pastor Phil. Kathy goes, let's put another one in. Let's put another two in. Let's do this. Let's do this. On top of all the other giving. We've given everything from cans of soup to cars to our 40 square house. That'll challenge your boots, man. Uh, it's all right for you pastors to be rich. Hey, we know what it is to be nothing. Like Paul said, he said, I know how to abound, but he said, I know how to be a paste as well. He said, I know how to put myself in a position where I've given everything to God. And what matters now is his kingdom is getting built. That's what matters. So that spirit has been on us throughout these years. I want those coins to go to my grave. I want them to be put in my in the ground. If if I have a funeral at the end of my life, I want my Bible to be out there. I live by it. Yeah? I want my I want those sorts of things to stand out. Do I want to live with regret? I could have, I could have done more. I, I, could have, I could have put something in that would cause the delight of God out of love, out of faith, out of generosity. But so often we draw back in fear. I love the spirit of Isaac in the middle of the, the crisis in the country. He prospers. He begins to prosper. He continues prospering until he becomes very prosperous. Why? Because he sows. He says, I'm going to put something into God's hands regardless of what anybody else thinks. So I want you to pray with me right now before we finish this morning. Oh, Lord, let's look to you. Lord, let's look away from ourselves. Let's get a picture of you. Let's get a fresh image in our spirit. We're not in the kingdom for self's sake. We're not here for me. We're here for you. We're here for others. We want to build a great church that is full of wisdom, wise people, wise young people, people who could become multimillionaires, people who could fund the kingdom so that we could win the lost around the world, go to the poor, go to the nations that are crying out, somebody come and help me. Somebody bring a word from heaven. Somebody bring some hope into my world. God, in the name of Jesus, speak to us this morning that as we stand with Pastor Phil and Julie, this is not some ordinary thing. This is not a natural thing. We're building an altar for you, Lord. We're, we're building an altar for God, a place where his presence can come, a place where souls can be brought out of darkness, demons can flee. Healing and miracles can take place. The greatest miracle of all, where we give our lives to Christ Jesus and we become a brand new person on the inside and the hopelessness goes and the love comes and the faith comes and the hope comes. Lord, we're asking you this morning, right now, speak to us about our giving. Speak to us about our rise and build. Speak to us about how we together can participate. Even if we only give $20, we've started. Even if we only give $100, we've started. Even if we only give $200, we've started. Many of us, Lord, could sacrifice and give $500 in the course of a year. And I know it's tough and I know that it's sensitive and I know the world is giving one story. But we're of you, Lord. We're not of the world. We're of Christ. We're from above. We're not from below. And so we ask you right now that many of us, even the penny, 
we could do something. Lord, if these children from Soweto in a third world world culture could bring their rands and their pennies to you, so can we. We can give ourselves into prosperity. We can join ourselves to the prosperous house, the core of the church, the pastors, the elders, the business people and the leaders. And our world will change in Jesus' name. We will become the rich and the prosperous in the land. And then when we stand up to speak, Lord, when we go to stadiums and and the gospel is being preached, then they will see that we are not some some crazy people but we are a people who've got our heads screwed on our hearts screwed on we've got our life together we've got our world together our families are together our children love you our children are on fire for God our marriages are strong our place in society is real we ask you this morning Lord speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ Why don't you stand with me, church? Stand with me. Stand with me. I know, I'm sorry I've taken 20 minutes of your day, but I I really feel that it's important just to get this message across to your heart. Once you lift your hand to the Lord, if I have my chance again, church, after 45 years of Christian life and ministry, I'd do it all again. I'd do every bit of it again. I'd do it all again. I'd lay it all down. I'd give the cars, I'd give the houses, I'd give the cash, I'd give the checks, I'd give the first fruit offerings, I'd do it again.